0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League. But starting with Chelsea first, coming to you on your speakers and headsets. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, and I have a very disappointed Rahul from Connecticut today. Rahul, I could see your face right from when we started.
1: You just don't look happy today, my friend. I don't. I was I was smiling because I'm I'm thinking like here we are back back recording and we were enjoying the early part of this season, and it's quickly come to a, a stop are we overreacting or maybe it's <laughs> it's just the excitement of winning a
0: champions league hoping for a high and then we're not getting that high anymore
1: yeah look we i mean if you think back to it we spoke about it a few episodes ago performances were lacking the wins were coming they were kind of papering over the cracks uh, now the performances aren't coming neither are the wins and it's all it's kind of getting a little frustrating and i don't want to sound like a, a spoiled fan but <laughs> You almost expect a lot more from this team and, and it, right now things aren't going the way you want. I know you don't want to
0: sound like a spoiled fan, but I really think we are spoiled fans and <laughs> the fact that we've had so much success, as I've said, a lot of managerial changes which usually lead to success. And so I'm not saying too loud. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think as Chelsea fans, you start to get a little bit antsy when things are not going well for a couple of games. And maybe that's from previous experiences of, oh, maybe if things are not going well, they'll they'll chop and change and move. But we don't want to talk about to that, that today. Let's talk about the Champions League. And look, we are the champions of Europe. So I got to keep saying that while we're in the championship. <laughs> so who do we play? And let's talk about the starting 11.
1: Yeah, so we played Juventus. Uh, coincidentally, we played Juventus the same, uh, I guess, the season after we won the Champions League in 2012. So this was our first trip back to uh, Turin. And it kind of went the same way did <laughs> about 10 years ago where we lost uh, and fortunately this time around, unlike the last time we're not eliminated from the champions league, but, um, who didn't really help our case with the performance and I know we'll get into it, but let's start with the, uh, 11 that was picked. Yeah, and before we get into the 11, I think last time we were actually
0: demolished three nail in, in Turin, so maybe this was our silver lining that we just conceded one, but like you said, we'll get into the game in just a minute. So starting 11, Mendy in goal, I think whenever he's fit, it's going to be very, very hard for Kepa to take that over. He goes to the back three of Christensen, Thiago Silva, Rudiga, who we always say is going to keep his place as long as he's fit. He's been playing very well these last few weeks. Aspili Quetzal slides into right-wing back, we all know that Reese James is injured. He goes with the double pivot of Jorginho and Kovacic. So Jorginho returning to Italy. He was actually linked with Juventus multiple times a few seasons ago and even earlier in the summer as well. Alonso, and I say that name with a little bit of a sly remark there because I know you want to talk about that. The front three of Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech coming back in after
1: a few games out and Lukaku leading the line. Hey, look, strong lineup. I think we predicted most of it, apart from maybe uh, Alonzo and Ziek. Uh so Tucho playing the players that, you know, are available, like you mentioned, um with Reese James, he was out injured. Mason Mount still injured, and Golo Conte, who tested positive for COVID, and we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh and Pulisic continues to have his issues. So from the players available, a good lineup. Um but now we can get into the game and, and maybe dissect this lineup a little bit more. Yeah. So let's start with the first half. I mean, we're back in Turin. We're excited. How did that kick off? I mean, it kicked off, you know, kind of what you kind of expected from the Juventus side, an Italian side with the with Bonucci in, in the back line. And um, they played deeper. They played defensive. They wanted us to have the ball. And we, I think we were happy to have the ball. Uh, unlike over the weekend against City, where we were the ones sitting behind it and, and waiting for for an opportunity to counter, but Juventus have some good players. Even though I think we had mentioned Morata and DiBala uh, missed out, um, you know Chiesa, Bernadeschi, uh, Kudradu, our old man, uh, Locatelli, who you might remember from the Euros. So a good squad, and they put in the right tactics that help the squad kind of keep it tight, keep it compact, and. Um, I think, you know, we didn't help our case either with our lack of sharpness, our lack of direct play and and kind of just wanting to knock the ball around. Sometimes we even gave the ball away uh, and Juventus could have scored from there. So overall, I guess the first half was mainly Chelsea on the ball, but no real end product. Yeah, and honestly, I couldn't watch the game, but then I do catch up
0: with the highlights. And I think everything you said can be summarized in this. I watched the highlights for the first half for all of two minutes because that's all they could put together. And really, there was nothing to report on. I mean, Juventus weren't amazing by any means. They had a couple of chances, but that was pretty much it. I saw no highlight reel of Hakim no highlight reel of Kai Havertz. I didn't even know he played the game because he showed up not once in the highlight reel. Lukaku had a, a sad little chance where he didn't really connect with the ball, but that's pretty much it. It seemed to be like, like, we're out of ideas, whole over the last few games here. We don't know what to do, and we're kind of stuck.
1: Yeah, it, it is. That's that's the case, I think, from the Aston Villa game where, you know, they kind of stayed tight, packed the midfield. Um, we did get three goals that day. But since then, teams have done similar kind of tactics and, and put in, you know, the work to – work off the ball and work hard to maintain their shape. And we've struggled. We struggled against Zenit and we got a goal eventually through Lukaku. Uh, we struggled against, I believe it was Spurs next. And in the first half, especially, we were not what we expect ourselves to be. Again, we struggled against City. Um, so it's just kind of developing a pattern where teams press us, stay tight, don't really give us much space, mark Lukaku with two or three defenders, um and that's kind of the story of this first half and, and we'll get into the second half but just wanted to provide a stat was in total in the total game we completed 771 passes and Juventus completed 287 right that's incredible so we had a lot of the ball like I said and we knocked it around but didn't knock it around in the right areas
0: and I think that stat you said, which is the amount of possession we had, which I don't know the percentage, but based on the number of passes you assume is way more than Juventus, it shows that we're out of idea. It backs up the fact that we're out of ideas because we have so much with the ball and nothing happens. You've described nothing happened the first half. In my highlights, I saw nothing happen. So clearly we're struggling
1: to figure out how to unlock these teams when they sit and defend really, really well. Yep. And Tuchel saw it too, and he made a, a change – uh, maybe a little bit driven by Alonso picking up a yellow card in that first half, but Alonso did go off and Chilwell, who we've been waiting and wanting to see finally came on and uh, feeling positive, you know, what? the second half about to start. And as soon as it started, it kind of almost ended because they scored within 12, maybe 15 seconds of the restart.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where I think we put up a meme a few weeks ago where we're, sec- we're brilliant in the second half, right? It's almost like, you're playing FIFA you're relaxing back and your mates doing really really well so that second half you sit forward you focus on the TV you're just all in to go but we just it doesn't seem like in the last few games and this one in particular like we come back focused either we're not receiving the message correctly that Tuchel's telling us or when he's he's saying what he's saying it's not coming off right because the tactics are are not working anymore which is it's a very strange thing to say because Towards the end of last season, you, me, and even Alex were were praising Tuchel's tactical genius, ability to unlock the likes of Real Madrid and even Manchester City. And this season kind of seems stale. It kind of seems like we start well, and then towards the end of this last few games here, we just don't know what we're doing, which which is a kind of a worrying thought. Like I said, it's early days, and we don't want to say Tuchel out. That's not what we're here to say. But it definitely is a worrying thought to see that we can't really break down teams anymore.
1: Yeah, and it's it's worrying because you almost now think look forward and say okay we have Southampton next, uh, but then we have teams that we expect. I think we have Newcastle coming, we have Brentford coming. Um, you almost expect that we will be the ones that will have most of the ball, and these teams will stay deeper, want to be compact, and hit us on the break. So it's the question is how are we going to get around it? And right. and Tuchel gets paid the big bucks to figure out the answers, um, but. You know, as soon as Juventus get the goal, you know that it's going to be a big, a much bigger mountain to climb because now they've got the goal, they've got the support of the home crowd, and they've got the defensive shape to basically just see things through. And even though we turned it on, you know, we got a little more aggressive with their passing, with their with runs into the box, uh, the subs he made, it just never looked like we would have scored. Right. Yeah, So let's talk a little bit about the game as a whole, Rahul. How come we can't do this in the
0: first half? Of course, it gets aggressive in the second half. Of course, things pick up. I mean, back to that meme that we put up. We were doing very well in second half. means we're seeing something, correcting it. And when I mean we, I mean Tuchel and the staff are seeing something, correcting it, changing personnel, changing tactics. Why can't we see this in the first half of games? Because we would like to get off on the front foot so we don't come back and we're chasing, like you said, a mountain to climb. Are we not doing our research on a team? Are we not doing our tactical analysis ahead of time? Are we not picking the right personnel when
1: we start the game? I mean, as like, all of those are great questions, and I can't really pinpoint the exact reason to why our first halves are, are so average, and then the second half, at least before the City and Juventus game, we were doing very well in the second half. Um, it could be a little bit of you know us just wanting to. Not overcommit in the first half. Obviously, we want to win the game and, and you know get our goals when they come. But uh, it could be a battle of you know just trying to figure out the other team, test them out, see how things go, and then in the second half you kind of turn it up, which is what we did against Spurs. Uh, but you can't do that every weekend or every game because you're playing at least in the last two games the champions of England in Man City. And then you're playing Juventus, who are a very good side. You've got to, you know, you you've got to give them the credit. Yes, they didn't win um, the league last year, but they've got Allegri who knows what he's doing. He's set up this team before. Uh, and you've got a team that who've lost their superstar in Ronaldo, but they want to prove a point that they still have good players there. And they showed it today. Yeah, you know, one other thing that's been popping into my mind, Rahul, is
0: the early part of the season has been particularly tough with the amount of games that came really, really quickly and the calibre of team we played. I mean, some of the names that popped ahead was Liverpool, Manchester City, Tottenham, although we've made fun of Tottenham here, it's not the calibre of team we, we should be worried about. Arsenal was thrown in there as well. I mean, some of these big teams, and of course in Europe, now we've played Juventus and then we played the Super Cup as well, where you're playing a lot of these big teams. And, I, and I'm wondering if, I almost hate to say this, but like we gave our full energy and effort towards those big games and now we're kind of seeing ourselves taper off where we're losing that motivation to turn up every time. And, and maybe I'm off the, the, the mark here. Maybe that it's something wrong, or maybe we did so well in those games that Tinkerman Tuchel's coming out now where he's trying to tactically get ahead of the next game and figure out who to play, how to play, change the tactics when we know his tried and tested formation had worked, or maybe they figured out the tactics at this point and maybe it's time for a
1: change. I I, Maybe not a change in in formation or, or um, tactics so much, so as you know, with the injuries we've mentioned at the top of the show, I think um, we need to play players that obviously complement maybe the likes of Jorginho and Kovacic in midfield. In that, if you have Asplacura and Alonso as wing backs, you know that it's going to be a little bit slower pace than maybe a will and, and a Hudson Odoi playing those wing backs, or even with. Uh, One's more pacey and one slower. It just gives you a different dynamic to the right. team. Uh, I'm not disrespecting Aspilaqueta and Alonso, and that's not what you know the point of this is. I just feel um, we need to help our attacking side out, especially with Lukaku up top. We need to give him the service, and Aspilaqueta can do it, Alonso can do it, but sometimes you just need a whole different way of doing things. Uh, different players, as you know, Hudson-Odoi can dribble and, and take players on which opens up space for other players, Astro Laqueta, isn't going to do that. Alonso can make the runs into the box and and try to get a goal, which in most cases he does. But with Chilwell, you get a different kind of approach to the attack where he's got the pace so the defenders know if we give him the space, he's going to run in behind us. So they're a little bit more aware. So I think um, we can maintain the same formation, maybe the similar tactics, but, We've just got to play the right players to open up these teams that sit defensively. And I think in today's game, those two changes I've suggested may have done that. Yeah, and you
0: talk about some of these players Mm -hmm. to complement the likes of the front three. And it sounds like maybe you're hinting towards Lukaku a little bit, because, you know, those those two behind him can really interchange because they're more of What I describe as inverted wingers—they don't necessarily hug the touchline. They play close to Lukaku and try and do one twos, and they can have shots. So you're really focused on trying to complement Lukaku's strengths. I mean, you don't spend a hundred million on a player and not build a team around him. So is that kind of what you're alluding to of how to get the best out of Lukaku? Because we did see it early on in the season, but it seems like it's dried up a little bit.
1: Yeah, it has dried up, and I guess the two things have coincided where Lukaku's lack of goals and Chelsea's lack of wins have kind of been at the same time. And um, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I was saying was, yes, we have Ziyech and Havertz playing closer to Lukaku, but defenders now knows, especially the likes of Bonucci and and Delit, that if we kind of take Lukaku out of the game, there isn't really another threat that, you know, turns up from Chelsea's side. Yes, there's Havertz who can always pop up with the goal. Ziyech who can, who can score one, but um, I think we kind of rely a little bit too much on Lukaku, which is weird to say because we're only six, seven, eight games into the season, uh, but we've got to find a way to unlock and give him the service to then bring in the other players around him into the game. Yeah, and we saw some of that a little bit early on with little one-twos with
0: Mount, so maybe we're missing someone like him, but I do agree. I think maybe having Chilwell or Callum Hudson-Odoi, who was going to that byline or that touchline and then looking for a cross because we know Lukaku is the big man that can head it in. You know, we're not talking so much about the Juventus game, Rahul, because I think there's not too much to report other than we just couldn't put the ball in the net. But one thing that seems to be an interesting conversation or topic of conversation for us to look at is the, what I would call the second season of Jinx, which is we're not we're not performing after winning a major trophy. I'm thinking back to when we first had Mourinho come in in that first 04-05 stint. He did extremely well in that first season, that second season, we actually went on to retain the Premier League. But then after that, I look at Carl Ancelotti comes in, has a brilliant season. Next season, gone, didn't perform well enough. Then I talked about you know Robbie DiMatteo. We won the Champions League, we backed him up. I think Aiden Hazard came that season. Yeah, Oscar came in. I mean, we had some amazing talent next I think I don't think it was next season I think it was like six months later gone Mm -hmm. then you start looking at someone like Conte who when he came in we were all a little bit worried switches to the famous back three and just stormed the Premier League and then next season underwhelming and then gone and I'm not saying that again I I think the topic of this is Tuchel not out (laughs) but (laughs) but it seems like maybe there's a trend here after we win something major is it is it our group of boys? And now we need to talk about the boys have rotated several times between different managers. Is it something in the club hierarchy that almost demotivates us, or are we just some jinx
1: that we can't get over here? I guess it's a combination of all of those things because it's happened a lot in the last, I guess, ten years or so. But um, I think it's a little bit different this time, and at the expense of or reacting and starting these right. discussions. Uh, after two losses, we've got to remember that Tuchel has only been here ten months. Since. Yeah, um, and yes, what he did in in Maine in Porto will always be, uh, you know, remembered and in, in, in our memories. But um, he has a good squad. I, I think in the past we've had issues where managers weren't backed after being successful in their first season. They weren't given the players that they wanted. Uh, Tuchel had the players that he wanted to kind of fit the system that he wanted to play right away. Uh, and the missing piece was Lukaku, and he's brought him in too. So now I really think it's down to him and the boys to to kind of step up once again and say, OK, we did what we did last season. We had a decent start to the season, but now things are getting a little shaky. And you you know with Chelsea, if things start getting shaky, the media starts piling on the pressure. there's rumors coming out from one end there's rumors from here, players aren't on board um and I think we've got to avoid all of that, and we have another opportunity, which is great this weekend to get a win, get some some confidence back into the squad and then go away for two weeks where the media won't be saying, well now Chelsea have lost three games in a row, and what's gonna happen because you know most of that comes from the media wanting to sell a story or, or you right. know just get rumors going in. Um, we're at a point where no one's saying too well some people might be saying too chill <laughs> out but a lot of the fans want him to stay and see what he can do and I think the boys and as as a club we need to just step it up a little bit refocus re-energize and say we have one game this weekend we've got to get our win do well which will set us up for the next few weeks that are coming yeah and and hopefully i was
0: looking at the you know the fixtures table hopefully that with all due respect again you know the opposition that we're going to face in the next few weeks are not necessarily the elite champions of england or close to being the champions of italy they're a little bit more manageable again with full respect to all of them but you know rahul you, you got to make these games right it's the premier league and anybody can beat anybody i've said that many a time on this podcast and so i think we need to just be focused like you said and then hopefully we can break some of these bad performances and really see some energy in that first half, because I think scoring that first half and not necessarily waiting for new instruction or change in players will actually give us a little bit of confidence. Because I think back in the players' minds as well, they almost say like, Hey, we don't really perform in the first half. We'll wait to the second, but 45 minutes in football can go by really, really quick. So we'll wait and see, but any wrapping up thoughts on Juventus before we move on?
1: No, look, it was, a game that we should have won, a game that you know we should have imposed ourselves as as the champions of Europe. Um, unfortunately, we didn't do that, and we haven't done that now for two games. So, it, as much as we can say Tuchel got the tactics wrong in the City game, I think this comes down to the players and them wanting to step up. Uh, and so, I expect them to step up in the next game, and I expect that you know Tuchel gets his tactics right, and we put these two results behind us because. If we don't, things only get a little, not a little, things only get worse. They, they
0: definitely do. And speaking of step up, I hope we step up playing football and not choking out players like Alonso did in that particular game. <laughs> but that, that's my wrapping thought on the Juventus game. Let's move on and talk about some good news. Rahul, you want to tell us about the Women's Super League? Because I think,
1: I believe they keep saving us every week this time around. They do. And it, I guess this was the, the trend last season, early part of last season where the women's team was doing well. Uh, and in fact, they played Birmingham city in the FA cup, uh, same uh, pretty much the same time as the men were playing against Juventus. And um, instead of giving you the goal scores, I'll give you the final score and I'll have you guess who scored. Um, so it was Chelsea for Birmingham city nil in the quarterfinals of the FA cup. So yeah, um, here you go. The, the floor is yours to, to guess. Yeah, I
0: didn't get to watch either game this week. So, I mean, some of the names we repeat every single week. So I'm just going to go with um, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby, probably. <laughs> I see you smiling, so I think I'm right. And then my the name that I like to say the most,
1: which is Yeah, That's spot on. All, all three of them got onto the score sheet. <laughs> uh, Fran Kirby got two. Okay, there you so go. There's two from her. Sam Kerr got one, and and Harder got the the other one. So, um, even with the eight changes that Emma Hayes made to the squad and brought in some of the younger players uh, like Georgia Fox, you know, we found a way to get through from the quarterfinals into the semifinals. And uh, like I'd mentioned at the end of last episode, is this tournament started last season, um, and so it's continuing on now, and, and the semifinals come up next. But uh, with the rotation and all the other players that got some game time, I think it was a good day out. You know what's interesting, Rahul, is that the men's team. I
0: think, if I'm not mistaken, has got like 13 or 14 different players that have scored for us so far this season. Week in, week out, we talk about Sam Kerr, we talk about Peni Erder, we talk about Fran Kirby. Should the women's team be a little bit worried that their goals are not necessarily as spread as the men's team, and and by that I mean is if one of these key members gets
1: injured or has to stop for a little bit or loses form? Will we struggle a little bit? That's a fair question. And, and you know, I think the women's team has a deep squad. Like I mentioned, they made eight changes for this FA Cup game. Uh, the likes that came in were Beth England, who before Sam Kerr joined, was Van Kirby's partner up top and was scoring a lot of goals. So we have her in reserve. We have uh, Fleming, who plays and actually played this game and, and an attack with um, Cuthbert. So we have a lot of options, and we have players that come in and out of the team. Uh, And apart from those three that keep getting the goals, I think there's players that can come in and do the job. So I'm not particularly worried about, uh, you know, the goals coming from three players in particular. But like you said, injuries and and suspensions or other things that come up can always hamper a team. But I think we've got enough depth, and um, we've learned from last season, especially in that Champions League final where we were beaten convincingly um, that this season around we've, we've come come together and want to do better.
0: Yeah. Hopefully they continue in this fine form and they can pick up this season, last season's FA Cup,
1: <laughs> whatever. It's a trophy either way. So that'll be exciting if they can continue this way. Yes. And they actually come back this weekend in the women's super league against Brighton on Saturday morning. So um, they'll be back in, If you fancy waking up early around 6.30 a.m. or I guess 5.30 a.m. for you, (laughs) uh, maybe with a cup of kickoff coffee, you can can tune into the game. Absolutely. That sounds like a lot of
0: fun. Shall we move on to the Premier League review now and talk about
1: maybe a chance for Chelsea to turn things around and get a win under the belt again? Yes, we we should. Um, Looking forward is always better than looking backwards, especially when you've lost (laughs) Um, And Southampton coming up this weekend at the Bridge, again, not an an easy game. They, I think, back and haven't lost to Manchester United this season, have lost to Manchester City this season. Uh, They have also haven't won a game, so it's kind of almost set up. For Chelsea to put in a, a a good shift and come away with nothing. <laughs> I just I just talked
0: about that big jinx after winning a major trophy. And here you are adding fuel to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Southampton is going to get an opportunity here. But let's start with the predicted eleven. Do you think do you think we change formation and do something different? I think you answered this a few minutes ago, but wanted to think real hard
1: about it again. I don't think so. I think he he being Tuchel and and the squad are, are not familiar with this back three kind of four in midfield. Um, so I think we maintain it. Maybe we see a hybrid up top with um, maybe a two again, which I okay. doubt would happen, but uh, I think we, we stick to at least the back three. Okay. Who you got in
0: goal?
1: I'm Mendy. <laughs> okay. And then the back three you're going with this time. I, so what I think and what Tuchel will do are two <laughs> different things. So I'm, I'm going to go for what Tuchel will do. And I think yep. he goes with okay, as the right center back. I think Tiago Silva plays, even though he played the full game against Juventus. Uh, Rudiger maintains his spot. I would bring in, or I, I want Tuchel to bring in, hudson Adoy at that right wing back. Okay, uh, Jorginho Kovacic, I think, maintained their spots, especially with Engolo out still uh, I think Chilwell deserves to start this game. I know we called for him to play in the Juventus game. And unfortunately, he comes on and we can see hopefully that, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get blamed for that. <laughs> um, and then I think up top, Lukaku and Timo Werner, who didn't play today. So he's, I guess, fresh. And then if Mason Mount is fit, I think Mason Mount needs to come in because the last two games have showed... importance of Mason Mount to the squad he may not score he may not assist every game but his energy and his pressing and his closing and his linking the the attack and defense uh shows you exactly why he's in the squad yeah especially when you're
0: missing Conte, I think Mason Mount is pivotal to add that extra oomph that Chelsea are missing and that excitement that we sometimes miss And, and and Pulisic as well we sometimes neglect to to mention him but he has a lot of energy but unfortunately he's still out injured so hopefully he'll be back soon but Let's talk about Ben Chilwell a little bit Rahul. I think you're a big Ben Chilwell fan as am I. We've called for him in the last few games. Do you think he needs to do something different to impress Tuchel cuz he he got that chance in the second half but again
1: it ends it ends with a 1-0 loss to Juventus. I mean I we don't know what he's doing in training and and that could be a big piece of you know why he's not being picked or why Alonso is is picked um but from what I saw, I mean, Chowell didn't turn the game around, but he didn't really do anything to hurt us either. The, the goal that came came from the other side. Um, and if he's got to do something different, I guess, train a little bit harder. And when he right. does get these opportunities impact it with not just being out there and performing, but maybe providing an assist or a goal, uh, because that will definitely get recognized by the coaching staff. You know, it's
0: funny and and it's interesting about Chilwell is I've always considered Chilwell a better defensive player than Alonso, And And I'm not discrediting his attacking because Chilwell is brilliant at attacking as well. However, I've always considered him a better defensive player than Alonso. I think he's got more pace and he can get back into position and definitely can defend really well. So it's, it's weird that in the big games like Manchester City or Juventus, where you would want a more defensive left back that he doesn't get selected. But Southampton, where we would always be on the front foot, or you would assume we'd be on the front foot, that you're calling for Chola. I guess it's because he's not had enough game time here that you think he deserves it. So that's an interesting one. Callum Hudson-Odoi jumping right into the other side of the pitch here. He hasn't
1: seen much, if any, game
0: time so far this season. What makes you think
1: Tuchel's going to bring him in? Just the sheer factor that he brings the ability to drive and take on players. Uh, and the only other option to play at right wing back, at least from what we see right now, is Uh And for everything that I said in, earlier in the show, Espilaqueta is a great player, a great defender, provides assists uh, every once in a while. But uh, if we want to attract players, open up space for the likes of Werner, Mount, Kai, whoever plays, even Dukaku, we need someone like a Hudson-Odoi driving from midfield or, or that wing-back position. Um, and I think between Espelicueta, Jorginho, Thiago Silva, we have enough cover if Ch- hudson Adoy drifts away and, and doesn't track back. We have enough cover. I don't think he would do that, but we have enough cover to, co- to make sure that we don't get you know exploited on that side. And the other thing is the last time hudson Adoy came on against Southampton – Away he was pulled off. So he's almost got a point, point to prove. Very interesting that that's a fact that you're called.
0: I don't remember it being against Southampton, but I'll take your word for it over here. So look, it's a, it's a strong lineup. And I think it's an exciting lineup, probably with, with Callum playing right wing back and Ben Chua playing left wing back. I think that's going to bring a lot of attacking talent. You've got Werner. You've got Mount or Kai Havertz. You've got Lukaku. What's the scoreline, my friend? One... <laughs> 1-0 to Chelsea. Okay, I was going to ask, are you taking Chelsea <laughs> for the 1-0? You know you know what, Rahul, I think sometimes you need a big win. And I know we struggle because at, going back to Aston Villa, you say without Lukaku doing his his good finishing or his brilliant goals, it's a 1-0 game. I think Lukaku owes it to himself and to, to Chelsea overall to get back onto the score sheet. Werner needs a goal. Kai Havertz needs a goal. Mount needs a goal. Frank Kovacic needs a goal. I, I think I'm going to go for a three nail. Maybe you'll shoot me on this one, but I need to see some goals to see us get back into the rhythm of things. I,
1: I, I would love a three nil but I'd also love a one nil <laughs> tell, um, tell me about it. I'd love any win for us, to be honest. I, I, I don't really, uh, I'm not picky, but my only thing is if we go behind again, um, we've only really come back once from going behind under Tuchel, which was against Manchester city at the end of last season. Uh, but if we go behind again, I think it's going to be extremely difficult to get back into it because Southampton will then just turn into a defensive unit and you know how we do against them. So uh, I need, I think we need to come out strong, come up ready for that first half, take them on in the first 15, 20 minutes, because you know teams away from home like to stay deep and, and, uh, not overcommit, but if we come out attacking them and giving them a tough time, I think we can pick up a goal or two in the first half, and then that opens up for a 3-4 nil in yeah. the second half. Fair enough, and we, we're we coming up against a couple of our old Chelsea boys,
0: boys in Oriel Romelu, I don't know if that name rings a bell to anybody, and then Tino Livremonte, who left us this season, so that's, that's it's, good. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Should we talk about if, another couple of games before we talk about the Premier League table and then probably wrap up?
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: So One interesting one I noticed for this weekend is Man United versus Everton. Almost like a local derby, but Rafael Benitez coming back to Manchester United. Manchester United and big machine Cristiano Ronaldo rescuing them in the Champions League with a brilliant finish. We put up a meme. Anything Ronaldo can do, Lukaku can do. Maybe we're shooting ourselves in the foot. But let's talk about the game, Rahul. What are your thoughts on that
1: one? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's a whole different game just based off of what United did against Villa Real in the 95th minute. It it gives them a boost again after losing to Villa over the weekend, last weekend. Um, and then Everton, I mean, they've had a good start, but then I think we'd spoken about their loss to Aston Villa where no one was really expecting them to, to go down by three. So uh, a little bit of an unpredictability from them, but with Rafael Benitez, you know he'll keep them tight. He'll have them... Ready to counter Manchester United, um, and if Dominic Calvert Lewin is back, I think he was out with an injury. Uh, he would definitely add to to that counter-attacking threat. So, um, should be a good game. I, Man United at home. Kind of don't seem to be the the Man United that play away from home, so I might go for a one-one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Calvert Lewin is instrumental
0: to their team. An interesting one that happened a week or two ago was James Rodriguez has actually left Everton. That's right, yeah. And joined one of the, um, I don't want to say the name of the club wrong, but they're in um, the Middle East area where he has gone. So interesting one because it seemed like he had followed Car- Carlo Ancelotti, but let's not get off track here. Uh, Manchester United Everton for me, tough game, but maybe one nail to Man United. We'll see. Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> will continue <laughs> with another goal. I was going to say, hopefully, Bruno Fernandes because we know he's always.
1: Good at popping up with a goal here or there, but on just on the Manchester United part, so I'm I'm looking at this win they had against Real and uh, I think Ronaldo. I didn't watch the game, so please forgive me if I'm wrong. But I feel like Ronaldo had an okay game right up until right. the end. Lukaku had an okay game, could have been right up until the end, but that's the difference. Is Ronaldo pops up in the in the big moments, and and Lukaku kind of needs to do the same for us. And we need to play to Lukaku's strengths like United do for for Cristiano.
0: Yeah, and, and to be honest, Raul, I think Ronaldo, and I hate to make this a topic about Ronaldo for too long, but I think he just has a knack to finding himself in the right place at the right time. So, hopefully Lukaku can gel with a couple of these guys like we talked about here and maybe playing to his strengths like you said and, and he'll be in the right place at the right time it takes me back to Arsenal where he made that lovely run yeah. and, and destro- destroyed Pablo Marie's career I don't think he still played after that but <laughs> um, yeah those are the things we want to see but all right let's move to a massive game here and that's Liverpool versus City and I say massive because it actually helps Chelsea either way we can go with a draw and we can get a win and move up a little bit or Liverpool or City one of them lose and it's good but who are you going for and what are your thoughts on the game?
1: Man, this is, this is going to be a good game because Liverpool fans back, they've been flying. They have lost a game this season. City, on the other hand, got a touch on that result against PSG and Messi scoring against Guardiola. Um, City did everything right in that PSG game, but they didn't have a, a finisher, an attacker. And it's weird to say that you know they should have picked someone up because they just beat us. Um, but I think cities that's what they've been missing, and on the other side, Liverpool have Mohamed Salah, who's flying, Mane, who's been getting into the goals, Diego Jota, who's been getting goals, Firmino comes on in midweek against Porto and gets two, so uh, I think that's where the difference is going to be, is they have great teams all all through the, the park, but Liverpool up top just seem to have enough and, and a lot more than City in terms of goal scorers yeah so one interesting thing I'll go back to the PSG and
0: and Manchester City game I think Manchester City from what I was watching was a better squad and a better team overall they they just couldn't take their chances which is an interesting one to think about but I also read or heard and I could be wrong that it was the most expensive game in history depending on who was playing and and the benches as well but I I wanted to bring up benches Raul because I think Manchester City has a bench that I think nobody can rival. Maybe PSG, but, I mean, in England, I don't think anybody can rival the bench that Manchester City has, which, to me, might be the difference maker because, yes, you've got your Mohamed Salah and, and, you know, you've got Jota and you've got others off the bench. But Liverpool, with all due respect, the bench drops a little bit in calibre compared to Manchester City's. And so if you're looking at a tight game where they're trying to cancel each other out, I think Pep has a stronger weapon on his bench in, in Mares or Sterling or Jack Greeley. It doesn't matter who he can pick on. And so it might just come down to that. I don't know if I got a scoreline from you for that
1: game. You didn't because it's, it's a tough one to call in um, city actually up until last season, hadn't won at Liverpool for, I, f- I feel like forever um, with fans back with Liverpool flying city, not, that's far flying themselves but I think Liverpool will have enough and should win it 3-1 wow okay
0: good scoreline right there I'm actually going to rival you just to make <laughs> things interesting I think City has something to prove this season a lot of noise was made over them this summer talking about striker like we just did
1: over here I think they're going to pip it one nail and take it from Liverpool oh so Salah doesn't sc- I think he scored for like eight or nine consecutive <laughs> games too so yeah he's brilliant um, there's no taking that away yeah, and he's not even a striker. <laughs> um, and hey, and we had him at one point, so let's not even get into that as well. So, <laughs> Just just on that, I was watching highlights, and they showed the Chelsea-Arsenal game in the 6-0, and he came on and sc- yeah. scored. And so they were saying, I guess one or two of his Premier League goals in right. total are from Chelsea, which is, yeah. you'd, never, you'd never kind of think that. But yeah, it should be a good weekend, uh, final weekend before international break. So yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we'll have to do without Premier League and club football for about 10 days, but a good way to wrap it up in terms of having a, a massive game in Liverpool and City, and um, hopefully we win ourselves because it kind of ruined the weekend again. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: <laughs> um, right, just before you take it home, let me give a quick rundown of the table as it sits. I think we already covered this last week, but I think it's a good refresher. Liverpool in first, Manchester City, Chelsea, Manchester United, and Everton all tied in the next few positions going down to fifth. And again, Brighton and, and Hove sitting there in sixth, they have also tied there. And they have had a, a, an impeccable start to the season, Rahul. I think we, we need to stop doing predictions now. Because <laughs> every time we do, we're off the off the bat because they were the last ones to, win, to draw their game to catch up to us as well. Uh, Norwich in last, feel really bad for Norwich and Billy Gilmore out there. Burnley sitting in 19th and shock, shock leads United in 18th. So hopefully in the next week here, we'll see a couple of changes in the table, but that's what we have so far.
1: Yeah. And, and you gave a shout out to Brighton who play Arsenal. So I know who I'll be rooting for in <laughs> that game. And then at the bottom, I think Burnley and Norwich play each other. So yeah, um, I think both teams haven't won either. So hopefully one of them picks up a, a win and can get started on their survival into the league but Absolutely. Um, that wraps it up thank you very much for listening continue to subscribe like and follow us it's at the premier Chelsea on apple spotify google and instagram and on twitter it's at the at premier Chelsea. Uh, and as always please send us your feedback and we love interacting with you guys on on all the social media sites and we will be back uh, to do a southampton review uh, and then We've been talking about doing some fun stuff between Jackie, myself, and Alex. So we'll, over the international break, hopefully um, come up with some new ideas and and you guys can join in too. But until then, stay safe and up the Chels.